Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the unexpected innovator. We are all incredibly creative, but maybe we've forgotten how. I've spent my career working with people from more than 150 countries, traveling the world, and experiencing cultures. And what I found? Creativity is everywhere. We've got a gargantum challenge facing us, as we need to redesign a more sustainable planet. This podcast explores modern-day innovation in the age of sustainability. I'll interview some of the most prolific thinkers, creators, and educators on their journey to create sustainable incomes and businesses. My guests and I will teach you how to be creative, create business models, and explore curiosity with the courage to level up in your career. Join me every Wednesday for a new edition of Where Ideas Launch, the podcast. Welcome to our episode. Where Ideas Launch is interviewing Jennifer Loudon today. She's an environmental scientist with 20 years of lab experience, and she has a bachelor's degree in marine sciences, as well as a master's degree in environmental science from Rutgers University. She's made a life out of being a water nerd, and we like nerds. For the past 11 years, Jennifer has been lab manager at Raritan Township Municipal Utilities in the New Jersey area. And recently she founded Intelligent Water Services, a smart water startup that offers waste water treatment and a streamlined way of managing industrial users through the use of advanced technology. Welcome, Jennifer, to our show. Thank you for having me, Catherine. Pleasure to be here. It's wonderful to have you. So I want to know a little bit about water security. And I know this is such a massive topic. There have been so much global conflict around water that probably people don't even know about. Um, and I, I'd like you to tell us a bit about what, what water security really means for us and some of the history of, of this topic of, of water and conflict. Yeah, so I, disclaimer, I promise I will try not to be a total downer going over this. Um, but yeah, as, as you mentioned, it really is a very heavy topic, um, so much so that the, the United Nations has created an entire sustainable development goal around water and sanitation, SDG 6. Um, you know, water is, water is life. It's, it's water and sanitation are two sides of the same coin. And without either of those working to to maximum efficiency we would be lost you know especially right now with with covid kind of shutting down a lot of things throughout the world water and sanitation is an essential service and and there's a reason for that you know we we can't really go in in developed countries or in developing nations without either of those services. And unfortunately, one, one in three people have no access to safe drinking water throughout the world. Either that's because they live in remote areas or places where the water source is polluted. But imagine just going about your day-to-day -day activities and not having access to, to safe drinking water, especially in a pandemic. Two in five people around the world don't have access to soap and water to wash their hands. One of the, the simplest and most effective ways to combat illness transmission and two in five people don't have access to it. On the sanitation side of things, six in 10 people don't have access, access to safe sanitation facilities. That's 2.4 billion people worldwide. That something that in, in here in, in America, we certainly take for granted, being able to go to the sink to wash our hands, being able to go to the, the bathroom to use the toilet. There's places around the world where, where again, 2.4 billion people do not have access to that. 
think about that for a moment. It's, it's heartbreaking, but it should also be encouraging, something that we need to do, we need to act on. And that's what prompted, again, the United Nations SDGs. You know, SDG six is, pardon the pun, water and sanitation flows through many of the other SDGs that the UN is working on. Um, you know, in, in a lot of the, the places where they don't have access to safe drinking water on premises, women and girls are responsible for water collection of 80% of, of those situations. So that brings in SDG one, zero poverty, uh, SDG three, good health and well-being, SDG five, gender inequality, which leads to, to a problem with SDG four, um, quality education, because these women and girls should be in school, they, they should be out living a life, but they're spending their entire day collecting water because they don't have that on premises. Yeah. On the sanitation side of things, you know, more than 80% of human wastewater is discharged into rivers or seas without any sort of pollution removal. Yeah. 80%. There's open defecation that's, that's happening that we're actively working to, to stop. And there's issues where the water source that's being used for somebody's drinking water is contaminated either by sewage going into there or by industrial applications, either in developed nations, like, like here in America, like I'm presuming there in, in the UK, or even in developing nations. Yeah. They are still trying to figure out their industrial processes and all of that um, contaminated discharge is going into somebody else's drinking water source. No, that's absolutely true. And I know, I know that I, I visited Mexico and there was a lake, one of the biggest lakes in the country that's actually, you, you can't even go in there. It's so infested with, you know, industrial waste, etc. In in India, the main river that everyone uses for everything um, is also heavily contaminated. You have you have California and the issues with with food and how water is siphoned off to to grow almonds, which is you know highly highly water consumptive. You know you have you have all these stories. You have the the battle between between India and Pakistan over Kashmir and and the flow of water there and and you have China, Tibet, Nepal and all of these all of these areas where there's conflict uh, around water. So this is a huge challenge. Oh definitely. And and here in the United States, you know, Arizona has has currently undergoing um, some issues with their their legal water rights. You know, there's a doctrine there of first in time first in right. Basically the first person who puts the water to beneficial use either for agriculture or for home consumption whatever has that right before anybody else does, you know, anybody downstream of that. Um, taking it a step further, the there was a news article that I came across um, just you know, yesterday, where CME Group is set to launch water futures contracts for the stock market because of the water rights in California, particularly farmers. They're going to allow investors and farmers to bet on the future price of water because the California water market is so tight and so incredibly competitive. So it's going to be being traded on Wall Street like gold, oil, other commodities. We are at this level of water scarcity even within the United States. Taking that even to, to a global issue, in um, the, the Grand Renaissance Dam, there's a hydropower uh, electric project in Ethiopia. 
It's going to be Africa's largest hydropower project, which is awesome considering alternatives for energy generation. You know, again, SDG 13, climate action, it flows through all of them. But the, the problem is that the, the river, the Nile River is the main waterway that runs through Uganda, South Sudan, Sudan, Egypt, drainage basin, drainage basins run through East Africa, including Ethiopia. That's who's constructing the dam. The problem is that the tributary that runs across part of the country, Egypt has objected to that construction of the dam and Sudan has found itself called in the middle between Egypt and Ethiopia because of the importance of the Nile as that necessary water source in the region. There's a lot of, of concern that that may end up in just a giant international war. Yeah. There's a problem. There's there's not only physical water usage wars being waged, but there's also physical um, water quality wars being waged. In in different parts of the world, as you have followed just historical wars, particularly in, in African nations, you will get tribal leaders, warring tribal leaders, that will actually purposely sabotage the water supply of their of their competing tribe. So it's it's the rights, it's the quality, it's such a scarce resource, and everybody knows it that they are willing to go to such unimaginable lengths to both protect what they currently have access to and to make sure that their quote unquote enemy doesn't have access to. It's, it's quite scary. So now I want to pivot us a little bit because we've scared everyone enough. So what, what models around the world do you consider to be working or need more exploration? Yeah. So one of my my favorite um, experiences throughout my professional career was being fortunate enough to be able to go to a program called Unleash Innovation Lab. Um, it was in 2018. It's a the the program is called Unleash, and it's held or at that point it was held in Singapore um, by. A, a separate organization, but they're linking all of the sustainable development goals and bringing a thousand young professionals from around the world to come together to develop and accelerate innovative solutions to those SDGs and partnering those YPs, including myself, which was fabulous, um, with multiple stakeholders that are at the forefront of innovation and global development in this. So we were able to work with investors. We were able to work with um, technology developers. We were able to work with people who were actually experiencing these issues. And I think it's programs like Unleash that are bringing together this massive amount of brain power in under one space and really posing these large questions. We know that there isn't going to be a single solution that is going to magically solve all of the world's problems, but think tanks like this and programs like this where it's like, okay, we have some major problems that we need to figure out. Let's bring together the best and the brightest and see what they can come up with. Um, so there's a company that worldwide um, is kind of taking water infrastructure to another level for places that don't even have wooden 
piping systems to distribute uh, clean water to places. Um, water.org, it's, it's Matt Damon's company. So if it's, it's really kind of cool to have that kind of star power on the water side of things. Um, I'm still trying to get Matt Damon to, to come to some sort of water quality conference. So if anybody out there knows him, you know, by all means, shoot my contact information his way. <laughs> But they do microloans to these developing nations where never mind having infrastructure that's falling apart, they don't have any sort of infrastructure for water and sanitation. You know, in, in developing nations, we we kind or developed, excuse me, nations, we kind of have it easy where we just need to invest in it. We need to get some additional understanding and, and really try to be mindful of the conditions of our sewer infrastructure. It needs support, it needs investment. Next time your rate, um, your rate is projected to go up for your water or sewer bill, there is a reason for that. Um, water.org is trying to just from the ground up get microloans out there for people who don't even have that amount of water infrastructure. And it's, allowing people who are living in poverty the the financial long-term solution versus just struggling day to day to find out where their next you know few liters of water is going to come from so i think that that's also a model that is really going to help kind of fill in the gaps around the world in places that don't have a set organized infrastructure um, but again, even something like that, that isn't going to solve all of the problems. But getting think tanks together, trying to figure out um, unique ways of, of not only employing new technology, but new administrative and, and utility-oriented um, designs. You know, again, microloans, things like different looking at different ways of how a utility is structured. And that's actually kind of what, what I work with on the utility side of things. Um, you know, shout out to all my water and, and sanitation essential personnel out there work, working hard during the COVID-19 crisis. Um, but it's going to take more than technology. So I think the administrative and the water distribution issue is really going to be where those models and those innovators, those innovators um, like myself, are going to to really step in on things. That's that's great ideas. And I want to touch now on what you're doing. So the actual business that you started, that you started up in May, which is Intelligent Water Services. So tell us about your company and the, the problem that you're solving. Yeah, so like I, I just kind of alluded to a bit, I'm more focused on the um, water quality and the utility administration part of things. Um, I think that there, I, at Unleash, I met some amazing people who are focused on deploying technology for water and wastewater treatment itself. That is fantastic. Um, I, I was decidedly out of my league in, uh, in that regard. I am going to leave that up to them. Me coming from a wastewater utility background, I started to find inefficiencies just in, you know, again, United States, a de fully developed nation in most regards, thankfully, as of November 3rd, we kind of tried to get rid of the undeveloped part. Um, but we, we are fully developed in that we, there's no excuse why we have water and sanitation issues. So from a utility side of things, looking at inefficiencies, I've come up with a way to streamline the way wastewater treatment utilities 
manage their industrial users. So basically, wastewater utilities get input from all sorts of, of different um, areas, whether it be residential, things that you flush down toilets, swirl down drains, through hospitals. Again, with the, the coronavirus crisis, we're working with a lot of hospitals, um, as well as industrial users. So manufacturing facilities, uh, food processing plants, things like that. All of the stuff that gets swirled down their drains also goes to wastewater treatment utilities. So I've come up with a way to combine the water quality aspect of SDG 6 with a sustainable cities and communities of SDG 11. And that's why I'm working on a process as a service business model um, coupled with advanced technology to help wastewater utilities become more sustainable and to not only have better water quality, but also jump into the future of a truly sustainable and, and circular economic model. I love this. This is really exciting stuff. And I'm looking forward to you sharing your link so that people can find out more about what you're doing. I think this is great work. Um, I think the final question that I have is how can we as individuals better manage our water resources? I, I know we are gonna make a lot of people more conscious of this issue now, but I'd love to know what we can do as well. Yeah, so I, I wish I could say there was one key tip for everybody to take home, um, but the, the biggest thing is to just be mindful about your, your water usage. Um, there's, a, there's a website called thevalueofwater.org. It's, it's Value of Water campaign, and it's looking at water and the importance of it. And again, trying to help wrap your head around the, the value of it and that we shouldn't take it for granted. So being mindful of it. Um, there's another uh, website called imagineadaywithoutwater.org that actually, well, it imagines a day without water. Um, it's trying to get people more engaged and more understanding about their individual water usage habits. You know, there's, it takes 19 gallons of fresh water to grow one apple. So thinking about where your food comes from and the amount of water going into growing that food. I know that, you know, thinking even about, you know, uh, from a climate change perspective, where your food comes from and the carbon usage for that, that food source. Wrapping water into that, you get like a food water energy nexus. Um, so trying to be mindful about it, uh, engaging in social media, with, with, with friends, family members, frenemies at this point, you know, anyone just to kind of share what, okay, what is the value of water to you? What is water worth to you? You can um, host an event in your community. Uh, you can get, you know, water in the news, you know, really, again, trying to go back to social media, publicizing things that's going on in the world regarding water. Water is one of those things where water and sanitation we take for granted because it's out of sight, out of mind. And it's been that way in most developed nations for quite some time to the point where it's like, yeah, nobody really pays attention to what happens when they flush the toilet or when they turn on and off the tap at their sink. It, again, it, it brings it back to imagine going a single day without having the access that we all enjoy if you're listening to a podcast, chances are you're in a highly technologically evolved area where you enjoy water and sanitation services without giving it a second thought. So be mindful of it. 
Um, like I said before, be mindful about the conditions of water and sewer infrastructure. There's a reason why rates do need to increase. Think about the amount that you spend on your quarterly water bill versus what you spend on your monthly cell phone bill. Just to put things into perspective, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where we need to invest in it. And we've been, we've been almost delaying the inevitable of things being broken and, and things being old, and now we're paying for that. Now, how we can get around that, um, kind of a, a call to action for, for everybody. We need to change the way we think about things. And that's both on the technology side, as well as just a, a human consumption side. And, you know, I, I kind of going from the water industry and bringing in technology, I've, I'm kind of trying to bridge two worlds. And so I've, I've started to pick up um, role models from each side of things, both on the water and the tech side. And one of the people that I've really kind of latched on to, to what they say, um, U.S. Navy Rear Admiral and, and absolute pioneering woman in STEM, uh, Grace Hopper. She has, she has a lot of fabulous quotes um, throughout her life, but one of the things that she really mentioned, and, and this is one of the tenets that I kind of live by and what started me to, to really want to start my own company with this, once I, I came up with the idea of linking water, IoT, and blockchain, um, which can be a whole separate podcast at some point, <laughs> but she said the most dangerous phrase in the language is we've always done it this way. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. If people can change that mindset, then we're going to be on our way to better water management, to better global resource management. Absolutely. Wonderful. Look, I think this has been a great session. Thank you for all your insights and for sharing with us and for moving us to act because I think we're all scared now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is hope, I promise. <laughs> so tell, tell everyone how they can find out more about what you do and to support your mission. Yeah, so um, to, to come into contact with me, the best way is to find me on LinkedIn, um, just Jennifer Loudon. I have a nice little professional looking headshot that I got done uh, for free at a conference a few years ago, back when we met in person at things. Um, uh, find me on Instagram, uh, Jen with one N underscore Loudon, L-O-U-D-O-N. And my company is called Intelligent Water Services. And you can find me at intelligentwaterservices.com. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you today by the Depot Virtual Service Hub. The Virtual Service Hub is our digital transformation strategy service that supports startups needing to optimize their processes and their performance to scale up for growth. We also help medium-sized firms in modernizing their operations and our services include sustainable strategy, analytics, and tech enablement. To find out more, contact Catherine Ann Byam on LinkedIn.